Walk me through uh, when you take a look at the Democratic field today, who's looking good to you? Because you have a, a long history of, of the Democratic Party at your fingertips. Who looks good today? You know, right now I'm, I'm not uh, taking a position on the Democratic Party. I, I've long time been a centrist in terms of Democratic politics. The party, in my opinion, has moved for me personally uh, too far to the left. And for that reason, I don't have a candidate in this particular, uh, in the party at this time. I think at the end of the day, if, if a Democrat is going to beat Trump, that person, he or she, is going to have to move to the center. And you can't wait too long to do that uh, because the message of, of some of the programs that the Democrats are pushing are not resonating with the majority of the American people. This is a truth podcast where we question everything and no topic is off limits. I got it all covered. Discover the truths about topics you were never taught in school. Learn the uncomfortable and inconvenient truths about current events, geopolitics, culture, economics, and healthcare. You're now listening to the truth podcast. Question everything. And now your host, Richard. And welcome back to another episode of The Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Richard. It is Monday, February 3rd, 2020. And we are back with another week and, of course, another topic. This week's topic, what happened to the Democratic Party? So perhaps the better question is, what is the Democratic Party? Or should we ask, what was the Democratic Party? Either way, it is not what it used to be. And many indications seem to show that this party is neither for the people nor for the United States as we know it. It all boils down to when the Democrat Party was first formed, what it did for people and how it felt about our young nation. Democratic and democracy come from the Greek words demo, the people, and kratian, to rule. But today, it means something much different. The Democrat Party can trace its roots to Thomas Jefferson, as he founded what was originally the Republican Party. It was first known as the Democrat-Republican Party. The modern Democrat Party began during the War of 1812. The Democratic Party was anti-national bank by the 1820s. And from the mid-1830s to the war between the states, Democrats were America's major party. The Democrat Party supported slavery and protested the Jim Crow laws. The Democratic Party was against any blacks obtaining freedom. Yes, kind of hard to believe, but it's totally true. The Democratic Party supported slavery and Jim Crow. Now, make sure that sinks in, if you didn't know. But just when did the Democratic Party begin its slide down the road towards socialist and communist ideology? Well, it began right around 1944 when the six-time Socialist Party candidate for president stated, and I quote, the American people will never knowingly adopt socialism, but under the name of liberalism, they will adopt every fragment of the socialist program until one day America will be a socialist nation without knowing how it happened. I no longer need to run as a presidential candidate for the Socialist Party. The Democratic Party has adopted our platform, end quote. 
It was this very idea that gave rise to the Democratic Party making a slow and purposeful move towards supporting socialism and the ideas that go along with it. The socialists in the United States did not achieve their full move towards making the Democratic Party more of a socialist party until they got a very good foothold in the 1960s. The 1960s proved to be just what was ordered for the socialists in the United States. And it was here that the new left got its beginning. This new party idea did get as popular as they wanted until one certain radical seemed to alter their tactics so they would work well within a certain political party. This magical figure for the socialists was Saul Alinsky, a very good friend of former presidential hopeful Hillary Clinton. Saul Alinsky stated that to change a society, one had to first infiltrate the major institutions, the school, the media, the churches, the entertainment industries, the labor unions, and the three branches of government, and then it would have the power to implement its policies. It was in the 1972 elections that the Democratic Party, through the use of the new left, made the final move by effectively eliminating its opposition. The centrist liberals who had viciously opposed communist totalitarianism. Once the centrists and the Democratic Party were eliminated, the new left took over the Democratic Party and incorporated the liberalism word it had destroyed through earlier elections. It was here that socialism began its move into the depths of the Democratic Party, with of course Hillary Rodham Clinton actually writing letters to Salinsky telling him how great his work was and that his ideas were working well. It was during George W. Bush's first term that the Democrats wanted campaign finance reform, but the Democrats were not really interested in true reform, only in making sure that they kept their biggest donors and keeping the Republican Party from doing the same. They did this by including a small provision called the 527 organizations, which allowed ultra-radicals like themselves to give unlimited sums of money to only the Democrats. The 527 included one George Soros, who was one of the leaders of the Shadow Party. But it does not stop here. One of the groups inside the Shadow Party is none other than George Soros' own MoveOn.org. It was after John Kerry lost the 2004 election that these groups stated, and I quote, Now it's our party. We bought it. We own it. Unquote. The Democratic Party of today is very far left. And the top parts of the Democratic Party have infiltrated by a vast number of socialists, communists, which is why the DNC could not differentiate between the Democratic Party and the Socialist Party. Today, ruling Democrat Party faction, whose members include so-called shadow party and its constituent elements, call themselves progressive Democrats. These Democrats themselves have a left-wing faction in the House of Representatives, which is formally organized into the Progressive Caucus. The word progressive has been replaced with liberal, and socialist Bernie Sanders was the founder of the Progressive Caucus. This should trouble people who love their freedom and liberties because the socialists do not like either one and will lie and still to remove both from the United States. Additional democratic factions orbit specific special interest groups such as organized labor and the Congressional Black Caucus. These auxiliaries usually work in concert with the Progressive Caucus. On December 8, 2009, Former DNC Chairman Howard Dean said that cooperation between European Socialists and the Democratic Party had intensified significantly 
over the preceding several years and involved regular contact at Congress, Senate, party, and foundation levels. He added that efforts had been remarkable from both sides. Howard Dean actually said that the socialists are making significant gains in the Democratic Party, and that was in 2009, when the extreme socialist Barack Obama was elected to office. In April 2010, the official website of the Socialist Democrats USA, or SDUSA, revealed that organizational ties to the Democratic Party. Describing itself as a party within a party, SDA stated the following, and I quote, the Social Democrats USA kept the name Socialist Party for our political arm because we are the party of Eugene Debs, Mother Jones, Helen Keller, Carl Sandburg, Norman Thomas, A. Philip Randolph, Bayard Rustin, and thousands of people who worked to build civil rights and trade union movements in this country. Many good folks gave their lives in these movements. The Socialist Party USA in 1956 chose to stop running candidates of its own, except on rare occasion. During the 1960s, we began to work in the Democratic Party. This is where our allies in the civil rights and trade union movement worked and continue to work politically. We are proud of what we helped accomplish within the Democratic Party, particularly the civil rights legislation and anti-poverty programs of the 1960s. The struggle continues. Our movement has been involved in the left wing of the Democratic Party since 1947. Socialist Party members helped found Americans for Democratic Action. ADA is this country's premier anti-communist liberal organization. We are proud of our long relationships with Eleanor Roosevelt, hum Hubert Humphrey, and others. We look forward to forging a good working relationship with our fellow pro-labor pro-totalitarian left Democrats." End quote. This stands as a defining moment in the history of the United States. The socialists, who have been trying to take over the United States since 1956, or hell, even earlier, have finally gotten what they've wanted to obtain. One specific party to hang their sordid coats on and use to ride the United States into the depressed valley of socialism. Late in 2010, Communist Party USA member C.J. Atkins called for his comrades to drop their socialist label so that they can work more effectively inside the Democratic Party. Soon after, Joe Sims, co-editor of the CPUSA publication People's World, acknowledged not only that collaboration with the Democrats will be an area of engagement for those wanting to make a difference, but also that communists might someday be able to capture the Democratic Party entirely. Sims warned, however, against dissolving the CPUSA entirely into the Democratic Party. Rather, he advised his organization to remain a separate entity, working both inside and outside the Democratic Party as circumstances required. The Communist Party has taken the lead of the Socialist Party and redefined their objectives. We see here that two anti-United States groups have basically stolen the Democratic Party, and now it represents both the Socialist Party and the Communist Party. In January 2011, Washington Examiner Executive Editor Mark Tapscott enumerated the forces and special interest groups that now dominate the Democratic Party. And I quote, Big lawyers and the three big special interests, big labor union leaders, big green environmentalists, 
and big insiders with billions of dollars in personal wealth and foundation grants together essentially dictate what Democrats can and cannot support on many key public policy issues. These four groups provide most of the campaign funding and workers, political and policy expertise, legal and regulatory muscle, and strategic communications for the Democratic Party. Consequently, most Democrats are prisoners of a narrow agenda of constantly growing government budgets, regulation, and taxing have influenced the agenda of the Democratic Party and moved the party far to the left of the mainstream America. These special interests have used the power of the purse to co-opt the agenda of the Democratic Party vis-a-vis campaign contributions and independent expenditures." End quote. Now, once again, other news reporters have seen this smokescreen, but the mainstream media is aligned with both the socialists and the communists within the Democratic Party. And of course, it refuses to allow this truth to be shown. The Democratic Party today is no better than the Democratic Party of the 1850s that, of course, wished to keep slavery and later on Jim Crow laws, both of which held not just blacks back, but all other poor people. It may not surprise some to find out who organized the shadow party, but it will surely surprise many who think the names are wrong. Here, the term shadow party is used specifically to refer to the network of nonprofit activist groups organized by George Soros and others to mobilize resources, money and get out the vote drives, campaign advertising and policy initiatives to advance Democrat Party's agenda, elect Democrat candidates and, of course, guide the Democratic Party even further towards the left. The shadow party in this sense was conceived and organized principally by George Soros, Hillary Clinton, and Harold Ikes. Its efforts are amplified and coordinated with key government unions and the activist groups associated with the Association of Community Organizations for Reform Now, or AKA ACORN. So I can go on and on showing all the connections between the socialists, communists, and other shadow party members, but we will just end it here and hope you pass this on and let many others know that what Hillary Rodham Clinton really wants is not what the Constitution states. You can see that Hillary Rodham Clinton is directly involved with the shadow party and the other socialists and communists willing to destroy our constitution and way of life. People of the United States, it is time to take our nation back from these groups and let them know that we don't want our nation changed into their way at all. And that'll do it for this week's Topic of the Truth podcast, Question Everything. If you felt that you learned something new, please be sure to like and subscribe. And of course, leave me a review. Don't forget to visit the official website, Truth Podcast QE, for more information, articles, video, as well as audio. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Topic of the Truth podcast. I'll catch you right here next week as we question everything. Take care. God bless.